We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. I really get into the backstory of whatever I'm pouring. Out of respect. There are literally years of experience behind these bottles. Wild Turkey, same recipe since 1942. If you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, American, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. Welcome in to the award-winning Rotowire Fantasy Basketball Podcast presented by FanDuel. It is Friday, November 17th, 2017. DJ Trainer here joined by Shannon McEwen and Ken K-Train-Kreitz. If you'd like, you can find us on Twitter at TrainerDJ, at RotoShannon, and at Ken Kreitz. This podcast is available on iTunes and Stitcher. Feel free to leave a nice review on one of those venues. You can also find this podcast, although you found it already, on the rotowire.com website itself. Overview of today's pod. It's a classic, guys. We've got Ken. We've got Shannon. Going to go over the top news around the around the league on this Friday morning. We're going to go into our broad topic today, which is names to watch on the free agent wire. Pretty much we're going to focus on guys that are below 50% owned, maybe a good stash. Everybody pretty much, and, and, and I know I can say this too, I've got about like one spot on each of my fantasy teams that I'm playing around with just trying to grab somebody who might have value later on, um, later on in the season. So we'll go over a list of guys to maybe keep your eye on 
that will probably James be, Harden. Yeah, yeah, James Harden, exactly. Russell Westbrook. <laughs> uh, guys that are most likely sitting on your waiver wire, even in some of the deepest leagues. We'll go into Ken's crazy old man rant. And then, of course, we'll finish out today's pod with our Friday FanDuel picks. Ken, why don't you lead us in some top news this Friday morning? Well, I think everybody enjoyed that classic, instant classic Celtics. Golden State Warriors game where the Celtics keep their winning streak alive, winning their 14th in a row, holding the top-scoring Warriors to only 88 points, a season low for them, uh, based on, you know, it looked like it was going to be a blowout until the Celtics had a 19-0 run in the third quarter to tie it. Gentlemen, does this mean the Celtics deserve to be atop of the power rankings in the NBA? Absolutely not, right, Shannon? No, I mean, the power rankings for today, yeah, sure. I mean, you can't deny what they've done. They've won 14 games in a row. They just beat the Warriors. Does it mean they're going to beat the Warriors in in the finals or even make the finals? No, of course not. But if we're ranking the top teams (laughs) in the NBA as of November 17th, yeah, sure. I'm okay with them being a top. I'm not. They're obviously not the best team, and power rankings are for the eye test. Like power rankings are obviously exclusively eye test. They're fourteen and two. Obviously best not defense, the best team. Best defense in the NBA. Best you, defense in the NBA. This just is, held the Warriors to eighty-eight. Eighty-eight. Okay. All right. Well, here's the thing about the Warriors. They have nothing to prove at all this season. Okay. They. All they need to do is just get ready, get right mentally, physically, anything else. Um, you know. When it, when it matters in the playoffs. And guess what Draymond Green was doing leading up to yesterday's game? He was like doing a talk, doing a lecture at Harvard. These guys are doing all these really cool, fun media stuff. You know, they've got the title in, in their back, backpack right now. They can do whatever they want. They're living out this season exactly how they want to. It, the regular season means honestly nothing to them. All they got to do is qualify for the playoffs. They'll be the best team. And so if you guys want to toot the horn of the Boston Celtics, go ahead but this is not necessarily a full strength Warriors team if you're looking for a stat to back that up let's just focus in on somebody like Kevin Durant who is arguably you know the best second or third best player in the league he is going to the line a career low 4.9 times so far this season his next closest was 5.6 back in his rookie season otherwise over the last few years he's gone to the line at least six or seven times per game to me what that shows me is Kevin Durant is playing back he's not asserting himself he's not really being overly aggressive because guess what it doesn't matter so no i'm not ready to put the boston celtics atop my personal power rankings yet boo no you have a point there you have a point and actually also in the warriors defense this is the first game of a big eastern road trip for them western coast teams traditionally do poorly on their first east coast game on trips like this but uh you know i'm obviously a celtics fan and so we're happy to celebrate anything we can I didn't mean to make you sad, Ken. <laughs> I'm going to go sit in the corner. You're good. You got you got lots to look forward to. I mean, no, it's I, been a blast. It's you know what? I, I was. I think Nothing you guys are a little too he- uh, heavy-handed with saying top of the power rankings overall. But if you want to say, uh, I, but listen, if you want to say that they can, like now after last night's game, we could say they could legitimately beat the Cavaliers in a seven-game series. That's an that's an argument I'm willing to entertain now after last night's game. Yeah, I was willing to entertain that like two yeah. days ago. Really? Okay. Um, yeah. I, I, I'm okay. The thing is, I'm not saying they're the favorite to win the finals now. I'm just saying current regular season power rankings, sure, they're the best. Sure. They've, they've proven to be over the past three weeks 
14, 14 game winning streak. They just beat the reigning champion. I'm I'm okay putting them atop. I'm they're not the favorite. I would make them the favorite to come out of the East now after the stretch that they've been on. Excellent, excellent. Uh, yeah, agreed, agreed. Uh, here's a little Celtic sidebar, by the way. Such a classic Marcus Smart game last night. He actually did not hit a shot from the field. He was 0 for 7. <laughs> but he played 31 minutes and had a plus 15 plus minus because his defense is so awesome. He did get seven rebounds, three assists, two steals, and a block. So Smart, you know, in fantasy, he's going he's gonna to torpedo your field goal percentage. But in real basketball, awesome. He's he's the definition of a Gruden grinder. If Gruden ever started yes. calling basketball <laughs> games, he would win the Gruden grinder every right. single week. You're right. You're right. You're right. <laughs> but yeah, you're right, Ken. He's he's going to torpedo your field goal percentage. It's always been this kind of um, you know this this weird relationship we've had with him because generally he's somebody who's been on the waiver wire in most spots. He's not now. Um, he's pretty highly owned because of that Gordon Hayward injury. People were already grabbing him at the back ends of drafts, and then with that Hayward injury hit, um, obviously he was gobble- he was gobbled up as he should have been. Um, so you know if, if shooting twenty eight percent this year, he's actually getting worse. Right. So where he was mid thirties the past three seasons. 28%. Right. And so that's pretty tough. You know, if you if you have a, a guard-heavy roster, um, for whatever reason, that maybe you just tank field goal percentage and, and you add him if, if you're already in that in that spot and he does happen to be on your waiver wire. But if you already have somebody like a Dwight Howard, um, an Andre Drummond, because he's going to come back down to reality at some point, a DeAndre Jordan – and you're thinking about adding Marcus Smart, I would highly advise against it because it's okay to tank one category, especially if you're in in head-to-head. But outright, blatantly tanking two categories um, just doesn't make any sense. So be aware of your own roster before you add Marcus Smart via trade or waiver wire. All right, gentlemen. Uh, And then, you know, only two games last night. And uh, big, you know, it was. I thought that was notable news. Celtics holding the Warriors to 88 points. On the other hand, though, the Rockets scored 90 points in the first half last night, <laughs> totally blowing out the Suns, who are terrible, certainly. But 90 points in a half, and most notably, marked the return of Chris Paul to the Houston Rockets, who in only 21 minutes got 10 dimes, 10 assists. Only took seven shots. Clearly a huge blowout. Um, This is our last chance for you guys to speculate before we actually find the truth. Chris Paul and James Harden, how do you think they're going to mesh? Well, so I, I, if I'm a Rockets fan or you know part of the Rockets brass, I want to be really careful how I judge last night's game because Phoenix likes to play at a faster pace and Houston absolutely adores playing at a faster pace. And so that played right into the Rockets' hand where I think no matter who was on the court, the Rockets were going to win as long as the team was headed by Harden and you know some good flanking. You're people. saying the Rockets won't score 142 points every <laughs> night? No, definitely not. But here's the thing. is I'm not so convinced that Chris Paul is a super great fit for this team yet. Now, what was this? This is only the second total game that he's he's played with them, and they were humming along just fine. So it seems all like all is well with Houston and Chris Paul integrating into the lineup, but I wouldn't be surprised if they go through a 10-15 game stretch where uh, things get a little iffy and they still need to figure out that dynamic, Shannon. I, I don't think so. I think they're going to be fine. Um, will they possibly lose some close games? Sure, but 
I think they're going to just keep humming along. Uh, Chris Paul, we've seen it. It's only been two games, but he took nine shots his first game with him, and he took seven shots last night. I just think he's going to have a smaller role than what we're used to seeing from him. He's still going to rack up tons of dimes. He's going to average more than the seven and a half points per game he's averaging now. But this is James Harden team. Paul's absence just confirmed that. It's going to continue to be Harden's team, and Paul is going to be his sidekick. So I, I, I'm not worried about Chris Paul or his production. He's going to still provide like third-round fantasy value. I'm not worried about the Rockets. They're still going to win 65% of their games. It's it's just going to keep keep humming. So the you know I'm skeptical overall, but the one thing that I think they have going in their favor is that every team that Chris Paul has played on up until this year, when Paul was out, like that team was struggling. Like they were scraping by the you know think Clippers led by Blake Griffin, um, DeAndre Jordan, and you know they were barely scraping by. The fact that he was able to take some time out and the team kept winning, I think perhaps mentally for him that meant a lot, that when he actually does come back onto the court, he now understands that this team um, in and of itself can win without him, and so maybe that will help him mentally you know, be a sidekick and, and not fight for ball, fight for possession and whatnot with Harden. Good, good point, DJ. I will say I hope Eric Gordon fans traded him by now because uh, right. his minutes are going to tank. He's not yeah. going to 26 last night, only 10 shot attempts only for you know for a relative for eric gordon um but uh, his value i gotta assume is going to go down he's probably gonna take the most hit in minutes uh but all right excellent point and you know so uh, a brief slate only two games last night and not a lot of nba news so maybe a good time to update our custom nba chuck taylor wager uh those sweet sneakers that uh, shannon's a huge fan of you may recall fans that uh, we we gave shannon 11 11 games for his beloved Pistons. So Shannon's got the Pistons. I have the Celtics. And DJ has the three-headed monster OKC Thunder. Whoever gets the most wins gets the custom Chuck Taylor sneakers paid for by the two losers. And right now, Shannon has got to be laughing about his 11-game bonus he gets here because the Pistons are 10-4. and four. You know it. Yeah, I think that's probably why I was so bitter about putting the Celtics atop the power rankings here. Because I'm out. Like I'm, I'm close to writing You're myself out. out of this one. You're not out. I mean, seven and seven. But overall, the Pistons are going to come back down to reality. I expect that to yep. coincide yep. with Drummond's free throw percentage coming back down to reality. Reggie Jackson um, allegedly, you know, they had a team meeting in the offseason and he he made it publicly known that it was Andre Drummond's team and Drummond should be the leader. I just like find that incredibly hard to believe because <laughs> that just goes against everything that we've known about Reggie Jackson. Jackson so far you know so I'm just waiting for something to happen you know you lose a couple games for a team like Detroit that hasn't been there with this team um, you know things could spiral out of control and I don't want to take anything away from you Shannon but you know that's just kind of what happens with unproven teams right sure sure it does but this is a different Detroit team we know they've got good coaching Stan Van Gundy is a straight gangster yes um, I'm not I'm not worried about the team. Do I think they're going to continue to win at the current clip? No, but they are much improved over last season. And I mean, they haven't beat they haven't beat the greatest teams. You know, they have wins over Sacramento, Atlanta, Miami, Indiana, Milwaukee. Like that, those those aren't great teams. Uh, two wins against Indiana, Charlotte, Minnesota. You know, they've lost to the better teams that they've played. You know, if you're looking at Washington, Toronto, even Charlotte, like those, those are teams they've lost to. So I'm not, they, they lost to the Lakers as well. Um, I, 
I don't, they're not this good, but now do I think they have a chance to win 50 games? Absolutely. 50? I mean, they, you're right. They're, you know, they'd be on pace for that. That just seems like so many. I, I think I put Here's what at. I don't get. Why is DJ complaining that he's out after he rattled off all those reasons he thinks Detroit won't keep winning at this pace? Right. I'm just demoralized. Can I just be demoralized? Oh. Shannon, would you hug Shannon? Hug I will, Shannon. Hug I will DJ. Hug him. I will hug him. <laughs> I, I I originally put the Pistons at between like forty three and forty five wins. I think their Vegas over under was like thirty eight. I thought they would be over five hundred slightly. Um, but yeah, I'm okay upping that by five or six games now and, and pushing it to fifty. Now that they started out the season ten and four, um, is that going to be enough though? Even with the eleven game cushion, Celtics are looking. Like nice. almost a damn lock to win. We're never going to lose. Yeah, never exactly. going to lose. And they're in a position <laughs> right now, um, you know, where the Warriors were three, four years ago, where they feel like they have something to prove during the regular season. They're the exact antithesis of what the Warriors are right now. The Warriors have nothing to prove. They're going to be judged on postseason production, whereas the Celtics still feel like, you know, they want to go out there and, and maybe try to win, you know, 55-plus games, 60 games or something like that. So um, I, I think all signs are, are pointing in favor of the Celtics right now. Um, because I'm waiting for that, not a collapse per se, um, even though I still think that's in, within the realm of possibility for the Pistons. Well, Thunder, you, I, you know, if, if the Thunder wins 50 games, I think I'll be pleasantly happy as a Thunder fan. Really? You think it's working? I mean, obviously people were saying, oh my gosh, the big three aren't working well in OKC, but we're only 14 games in the season. Right. You don't think they're going to turn it around? I certainly think they could, and if you've been listening to our podcast at any point this season, a super team like the Thunder, I'm going to give 20 to 30 games before I'm going to, yes. uh, you know, take judgment on them. So we're still yeah. within that window. Um, you know, if, if they're losing, if they're on a losing streak and they're still playing like they are, 35th, 40th game into this season, then I'll be legitimately concerned. So I'm holding out legitimate hope here, Ken, um, but things are not looking good for me, that's for sure. I think they'll be fine. I mean, Steven Adams has missed a couple games. If if you're you're better off basing your opinion on the Thunder on their second 15 games rather than their first 15 games. Sure. Like if they go eight and seven, the first 15, big deal because they're probably going to be like 10 and five the second 15. Yeah, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be worried. I think they're going to be fine. Paul George and Westbrook are playing well together. They're still trying to figure everything out. Um, now, from a fancy perspective, one of the big reasons why the Pistons are doing well is Andre Drummond. He's a monster on the boards, averaging almost 16 rebounds per game. He's averaging a career-high 3.3 assists, good defensive stats. But the main reason why his fantasy value has increased, he's jumped to a top 20 fantasy type, even in rotisserie leagues, is because of his free throw shooting. He is shooting 63.1% from the charity stripe. Do you guys buy it? Is this going to continue? You mean versus his career percentage of 39%? Yes, versus that. No, I, I, right, right, Ken. I, I, I want to say, you know, I keep looking like, what is he doing that's drastically different? Like, you know, if he spent all summer with Rick Barry and was, you know, do, shooting the uh, from the waist, I'd say yes, he's learned, he's mastered the better way. But I, I can't figure out what he's doing differently. He is doing his his whole approach at the line is completely different. He he shoots the ball. His form at the line. Uh, is reworked from last year. It's actually been reworked almost every single season since he's came into the league. He's worked with multiple specialists every offseason to try to get his free throws better. The problem is he never like really clicked. Like the Pistons had some shooting, some shoot, shooting wizard in the last couple seasons who got fired. I think halfway through the season mm-hmm. last year, um, and he never clicked with with Drummond. But the newest, the latest guy who helped him out, 
apparently they clicked and Drummond's rework his his reworked approach and form at the line it's really goofy he kind of he bends over really deep holds the ball like his arms completely outstretched and brings them up outstretched and does a little flick of the wrist I I highly recommend YouTubing it because it's (laughs) one of the more awkward looking free throws it's not it's not Fultz level awkward but it's an awkward looking free throw but it's going in it's going in I mean he had Alonzo ball awkward uh, nothing's that awkward. Come on. Um, he, he had an O for seven game last week against Indiana, but that's the only dud he's had. He's been 50% or higher in every other game this season. He went 14 for 16 in early November against Milwaukee. I, I was worried when I saw the O for seven game, I was like, okay, this is it. He's going to start yeah. dipping, but he's bounced back and he's, he's been hitting over 60% since that in the three games since that. So I'm actually optimistic. I just want him to stay above 50%, which I think is totally doable. So even more broadly here, um, in terms of his fantasy value so far this season, um, a big issue with him is that Van Gundy had no problem taking, ha- taking him out of the game once it became a hack of Drummond. Uh, style and and people came up to him and asked him throughout the year last year that is um, you know why don't you just leave him in the game like it seems like his confidence is waning because you know you're he knows he's going to come out of the game once he starts head to the line and Van Gundy was so smart in saying that guess what guys if, if they do a hack of Drummond the opposing defense gets to rest every single time down the court they're not following or uh, following the offense along they get to rest every single time down the court so it's it's beyond Drummond feeling confident. Um, when it matters it's the fact that the opposing team is resting on defense every time down the court so what that means um, since he's shooting his free throws now is that Drummond is on the court longer he played not even 30 minutes per game last year compared to 33 right now and for somebody as efficient as Andre Drummond which is three more minutes on the court you know that's five six rebounds that's four six points on a nightly basis and so um, you know his averages in the rebound category and the assist category would suggest that more time on the court has benefited benefited him even more than just his free throw percentage on the rise. All right, fantastic. Uh, one last question before we get to our sponsor. How scared are you, DJ, about Westbrook from a fantasy standpoint? His stats are down across the board versus last year's MVP season. Uh, is, is, uh, how much hope is there for Westbrook owners that he gets close to last year's form? Well, he can only say reserved for so long, right? So he can play this buddy ball. He can take less shots. But if they continue to be a 500 team, he's going to say, you know what, I'm taking this over, guys. Like, just just stand in the corner. Let me take this game over, and let's see if this approach works. Because you know, he's I've really admire him for how much he's taken a step back so far to make things work. And I hope that he's patient. I hope that he's patient, and they continue to figure this out. Because I like the way things are headed from an X's and O's standpoint for the Thunder and them being the most efficient team possible. But from a fantasy perspective, because again, that's what we really care about here. The big question coming into this season. Um, we both knew that Harden and Westbrook were going to take a step back because of who they made additions to their roster. It turns out Harden is just as fine. Now, now Chris Paul has only played two games, so we'll see. Um, But the the answer to that debate is Harden is just as good as he's ever been uh, in accordance to last year. Russell's the one that took the step back. Um, You know, the third parties coming into the equation is, oh, maybe Giannis would come in. Uh, Steph Curry, Durant would be the more valuable options. I don't think the Warriors will be this year for the reasons I mentioned early in the pod, being so reserved. Um, So, 
if you're a fantasy, you know, from a fantasy standpoint, Ken, I would be very concerned um, unless Russell just decides to throw away all this team team kumbaya that he's had so far into the season. Well, the difference between Westbrook and Harden is Harden's chucking up eleven three pointers per game. So even if he takes a dip in assist and and scoring this year, now that Paul is finally back, if he's chucking up ten three pointers, something Westbrook will not do because he's not he's not at the same level from downtown as Harden. Then then it's easier for Harden to with, withhold his his top five top three fantasy value. Westbrook, we knew he was going to take dip. It's it's a steeper dip than than I expected. I mean, he's down to twenty point three points per game, eight point one rebounds, nine point six assists. The thing is, that's still almost a triple double per game. You can't really be upset. He's averaging two steals as well, one point seven threes. He's he's going to be stellar. We know there's efficiency issues with him. That's actually probably the biggest reason for his decline right now is, is free throw shooting. He's down to six, a career low, 68%, where he's a career 82. And he's taking less free throws because his usage is, is much lower. Uh, I, I think Harden, or Westbrook's still going to be a top 15 fantasy player. The problem is if you drafted him you know, top three, you're not going to get that value returned. I would tra- I honestly, I would trade him for like DeMarcus Cousins or something along well, those lines. DeMarcus if you're Cousins able to. is like the best fantasy guy Rookie. so far this year. Yeah, sure. Well, I mean, if you find that's why you do it. Yeah, if you find a believer <laughs> in Westbrook, if you have a top five guy that you staunchly believe in, then I would trade Westbrook for him if you're able to. Wow. Interesting. Interesting. Fantasy basketball fans, you've probably figured this out by now, but basketball is back, which means FanDuel is back. FanDuel, of course, fantasy basketball for the everyday fan. We have new contests starting every day, which means no busted seasons for those of you who own Gordon Hayward out there and for me, Kawhi Leonard as well. There's something for everyone. Lots of contests to choose from starting at just $1. All you do is pick a contest, select your players, and watch your score in real time. The three of us are always on FanDuel all the time. In fact, we love it so much. We're going to give you our top picks for this Friday slate later on in the pod. We are three of over two and a half million players that have won a cash prize playing on FanDuel. Now, to take advantage of our special offer for new users, sign up today at FanDuel.com slash RW. You'll get a free six-month Rotowire subscription with your first deposit on FanDuel. Just visit FanDuel.com slash RW, void where prohibited. Now, fellas, let's get into the meat of this podcast today, and that is names to watch for on the free agent wire. Now, the way I tease this is these are generally guys that are 50% or less owned in standard size leagues as of right now on this Friday morning. But of course, um, if you've ever played fantasy basketball or really any other fantasy season-long sport before, you know that there ends up being, by the end of the season, guys that were just sitting there at the beginning of the season on the waiver wire that find their way into top 75 value by the end of the season. So hopefully what we can do is talk about some of those options now and try to pinpoint who that might be. So let's kick things off with somebody who has two games under his belt dealing with that I believe it was a sports hernia issue Shannon uh, Rajon Rondo fitting in with Anthony Davis and DeMarcus Cousins on the Pelicans is he somebody that you're going to go out there and target I'm okay snatching up Rondo the problem is he's at best the fourth option on that team he's not going to score a bunch he'll get you assists and steals shooting percentage is going to be okay free throw not so much but from the floor yes um, he's worth adding. He's only owned in 65% of Yahoo leagues right now. 
that should probably be closer to about 80%. So eight and 10 team leagues, he might not be worth it, but 12, 14, absolutely he should be owned. And we know he's got a relationship, a good working relationship with Boogie Cousins. Uh, you know, uh, to me, uh, if you owned Holiday, I hope you t- you traded him by now because uh, he's the one who could take a big hit here. Uh, but yeah, I, you know, assists are always hard to come by. Absolutely, Stash Rondo. So yeah, for me again, um, the leagues that I have somebody like an Andre Drummond, DeAndre Jordan, um, Rondo is the guy I'm probably going to target because his free throw percentage has been pretty bad over the last few years. Forty percent, fifty eight percent, sixty percent doesn't doesn't shoot a whole lot though, right. either. Given given that he's not going to the line more than two times per game, field goal percentage it's just so weird with him. You never really know where he's going to fit in, but not nearly as bad as somebody as Marcus Smart. If you're trying to piece together the roster you already have, Shannon. I'm actually, I want to bring up Drew Holiday. I'm going to actually argue you should buy low on Drew Holiday. Mm. Drew Holiday is only shooting 21% from downtown this season. He's a career 36% shooter. Uh, He's not like taking a bunch of extra three-point shots or anything like that that's brought his his averages down. Uh, He's going to start hitting threes, and he'll get back up to about one and a half per game. He could start actually start shooting more threes because of Rondo's presence, because he's going to be working more as a shooting guard rather than than the point guard. Um, You know, fourteen. He's still averaging fourteen and a half, five, and and six and a half assists. Plus, he's good on steals. Once the three point shot, once he finds it, he's going to be just as valuable as he's ever been. I mean, he's going to be a top forty player. He's only fifty. He's fifty two right now. Um, based on Yahoo averages. So I, I see that actually increasing, maybe one or two less assists per game, but his three-pointers is, are going to be better, and he's got great percentages across the board elsewhere. All right, let's move on to the next name here. Ken, I'll let you lead us off with Nick Young, reserve option for your Golden State Warriors. Um, is he worth an <laughs> you, ad in standard size leagues? Am I leading off with Nick Young because he was drafted by the Washington Wizards way back in the day? <laughs> I just Remember figured him I'd and here. Oh, all right. <laughs> I think he was part of those gold LeMay uniform years. Remember the the Wizards had those terrible gold LeMay unis? 2008 season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I, you know, fantasy basketball is supposed to be fun, and I hate Nick Young, so I'll just never have him on my roster. I don't want, I don't want, I don't want updates on what rap artist he's dating or you know who we, you know, I, it's, uh, uh, I have no smart analysis, just a disdain. All right, that that's fair enough. I that's that's my biggest, you know, that's my biggest uh, uh, soapbox that I ever get on is that fantasy basketball and fantasy sports is supposed, supposed to, to be fun. fun. So pick the players you enjoy rooting for. Ken doesn't enjoy rooting for Nick Young, but do you, Shannon? No, no one does. Okay, listen, he, he has one value. He he can hit three pointers, but the problem Please. is he's yeah. only playing thirteen minutes per game from the Warriors. Honestly, yep. there's like probably no league where he warrants consideration i you have five shots a game he's getting five shots most ridiculous most ridiculously deep league possible if if clay thompson gets hurt for an extended period sure but that's the only reason i'm looking i would rather target guys who are already starting to get minutes or are going to work their way into more minutes there's there's a young needs injuries injuries plural exactly there's a ton of guys who um, you know, if you're in that that shallow to to mid-sized league that are under fifty or about fifty percent or lower percent ownage on on Yahoo, you've got Chris Dunn. He everyone knows that he has his flaws, but he's under fifty percent owned. He's widely available in Yahoo. He's going to work as I think he's eventually going to be the starter at, in Chicago at point guard, probably within the next couple of weeks. 
Jason Collins, a rookie we've talked about a lot, he's been productive. He's been a double-double threat when he gets blocks. He's under 50. Jonathan Isaac. Jonathan Isaac, same thing. Jonathan Isaac's more of a Isaac. yeah. Isaac's more of a stash though. So I'm looking at him in deeper leagues. You know, a guy like Chris Dunn or Jason Collins, these guys are already producing at a level that holds some value, and their 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 production should increase. Uh, and then you got a couple dudes who who are actually starting now and used to be teammates, but are now playing for different squads. Greg Monroe started for the Suns last night, and John Henson, who's who's pretty much locked in at starting center for the Bucks. Double yep. double potential every night plus two blocks. Yeah, Henson. Hor- horrible free throw percentage for for Henson, but he's going to help you with with rebounds and blocks for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about Monroe? Monroe had a pretty big game last night. Uh, his first with the Suns, he went off for for twenty points, eleven rebounds, two steals, and a block in twenty six minutes. Are you guys buying Greg Monroe? I would. How long Greg is he Monroe? on that roster? Uh, though I will, the other, my counter argument to how long is he on that roster is no one wanted to trade him. The Bucks are trying to trade him for years, so maybe he does stay there forever. I well, my my argument is, and the reason why I think they're starting him is because they want to get his trade value up, Showcase. try to get yeah. something in return. Yeah, of course. So if they're giving him twenty seven, twenty eight minutes a game, we know Monroe's a walking double double when he gets the minutes. So I think he needs to get snatched up in 10, 12 team leagues. I would snatch him up right now. Well, the reason why he's starting um, most 54% likely is because Tyson Chandler is out with injury. But, you know, that's a common occurrence with Tyson Chandler. So um, I wouldn't be surprised if they decided to – because Chandler and Monroe are the, are of the same ilk. An aging veteran who doesn't really seem to fit in, and, and, and especially on the Phoenix Sun teams where just nothing really matters. Um, I could totally see Monroe um, seeing a lot more minutes. But, you know, the reason why uh, – Nick Young, Greg Monroe are on these lists is because when your average fantasy basketball fan looks over the waiver wire, you know, they're looking for names they recognize. Okay. And so somebody sees a Nick Young, they're familiar with him for all the off court stuff. And they're wondering, you know, should I pick him up or not? But here are a couple names of, of, you know, your average fantasy basketball fan might not be aware of these players. Somebody like a Kelly Oubre Jr. who is on the rise, Shannon, and seems to be, you know, uh, trending upward. But for me, what I'm trying to decide with somebody like Kelly Oubre is, is he going to have enough value by the end of this season or throughout this season for me to warrant picking him up in a standard league? I have no doubt that he's trending upward, you know, similar of like a Otto Porter path right now in the long run. And in keeper leagues, I think he's a really valuable keeper right now. But for the rest of this season in season long leagues is somebody that most people haven't heard of like a Kelly Oubre worthy of a pickup right now, Shannon. No, I actually think he's kind of the other side of the spectrum. I know he's coming off. Markeith. Yeah, exactly. Markeith Morris just returned. Um, that Ubre's going to get minutes. He's locked in as that team's sixth man. He's going to be a part of the sixth, six-man rotation. He's doing well even, even as his minutes cut down because he was routinely above 30 minutes the first five or six games of the season. It's been trending backwards ever since Markeith returned. That's going to continue. I, th- I only have him getting about 25 minutes per game moving forward. I'm not buying him. If if I could trade, if I have him in, in a, a mid to deep size league, I'm actually trading him. He has, he has plenty of upside if Markeith's out or if Otto Porter misses time. But right now he's just the sixth man and at best the fifth, the fifth option on that team, most likely the sixth, depending on how well Gortat's playing. So no, I'm, I'm not buying Ubre. All right, fair enough. I think I would tend to agree with you again. 
I have some reservations for this season in the long run. Um, I, I think I might like him if, if the Wizards decide to move on Marquise, especially after you yes. know they were humming along so well without him in the earlier part of the season. Um, we, we'd be remiss not to talk about the Knicks because it's the Porzingis show, but there are four other guys on the court at any given time in New York. Generally, you know, <laughs> Mathematically. T- the, top, the top three guys on any given NBA team are going to have standard league relevancy. Um, so I'm just going to throw them all out there and we'll just kind of... You you know, tackle this however you want to. Courtney Lee, Kylo Quinn, and Willie Hernan Gomez. I think in terms of value, it would go in that order right now. Lee, O'Quinn, Hernan Gomez. I've been very, very shocked, and so has Ken. We've we've talked about it over email so far this year. Um, <laughs> that O'Quinn is seeing a lot more minutes than Hernan Gomez. Now, my rationale for that is um, whenever Porzingis comes off the bench. Um, the Knicks just decide they'd like like to go small, and and they can't you know re, you know keep going with uh, Hernan Gomez, who has shown some flashes. He'd be a low double double guy if he sees at least twenty eight minutes per game. But for whatever reason, the team dynamic is not trending in the direction of what seemed like an up and comer in Hernan Gomez. Well, his, his value is immediately derailed when they traded Carmelo Anthony and got Enos Cantor in return. Right. It's it's got nothing. I don't actually think it has much to do with O'Quinn. O'Quinn's only playing 16 minutes a game. Even if Hernan Gomez was getting those 16 minutes, he won't be. He won't hold value in most mid-sized leagues. Maybe deeper formats, yeah, because he does. He he's another guy who's a walking double double. But he he's only he's only got off the bench five times this season, and one of alarming them was, DNPs. Yeah, all, all just littered with DNPs in his game log. He's not an option right now. The only way he's an option is if O'Quinn or Cantor basically gets sidelined or moved, moved to a different team, which the Knicks are playing well right now, so I just don't see them changing up. They still like Hernan Gomez. According to the reports, they're still big on him, want him to be a long-term part of the future. But at the same time, if the team's not playing him and he's, he's one of their biggest tickets from a, from a trade draw, like he could end up being moved, and in in that scenario, then yes, pick him up. But he's stuck on that bench for the for foreseeable future. I feel like excellent analysis, Shannon. Uh, agreed. Um, I feel like it's not a fantasy basketball season until I've picked up and then dropped Courtney Lee. Yes. Like that's one of my. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's like a six seven year rule. The guy's thirty two. He's getting last five games. He's averaging about thirty three minutes uh, of run. Double digits of points in four of those five, but he's 32. There's no way he can keep this up. But you know, he show, always shows enough flashes where you pick him up, and then always stinks again. And you're like, "All oh, right, I should keep going to the waiver wire." I with Courtney Lee. I mean, you're right. He's getting the minutes. He's averaging over 32 minutes per game for the season, and that's going to continue given their current roster construction. So, I mean, last season <clears throat> he was 11 points. And 1.4 three-pointers. And he steals the ball, too. He had 1.1 steals. Why won't he replicate that this year? Is, is it great fantasy production? No, but it holds value. I know I was really disappointed when we didn't get him in our NFBKC league because uh, yes, we needed yes. steals and threes, and we ended up settling for Bellinelli. But I wanted, I wanted Courtney Lee. He was my top pick because he, he helps in those two categories. So if you're, if you're looking for a guy who gets heavy run, He's not going to be great. He's not going to score a ton of points. But if you need like three combined, three uh, threes and, and steals, he will do that. Yeah, so he is flirting with career highs in every single category. 
Every single category. He himself really hasn't changed. It's the team dynamic around him is much different than he, when he was playing alongside Mike Conley in Memphis. Um, and I know he wasn't in Memphis for too long, but generally that's, that's kind of the heart of where kind of talking about where you got picked up and dropped also when he was in Boston 2012-2013. Um, the thing I like about Courtney Lee so much is that he's played at least 77, game, 77 games for each of the last six years, and now he's averaging a career high in minutes. And I'll say it once. I'll say it every single pod. I, I want to say it every single pod. Playing time is the most important stat in fantasy, and Courtney Lee is going to rack up a ton of playing time. So just uh, you know, by de facto, he's going to see um, large counting stats that are going to be really, really good for rotisserie-style leagues. Yes. And, and Do you think he uh, is in New York after the trade deadline? That's an interesting one because yes. he you do okay yeah. you do if they they're they're a successful team right now and he's playing well so he gives them I mean he we know exactly what he is it's not like an inflated value either yes he's averaging close to career highs across the board the only thing that's inflated is three point percentage which is forty seven percent but he's he's basically a career forty percent guy from downtown. So it's, it wouldn't be weird for him to shoot 45% from downtown for a season if, he, if he's just running hot. Um, yeah, he'll be in, I've seen him being a New, York, a New York Nick all season. All right. Got five more names here, but we'll go over these a little more quicker because essentially this guy has been on this list oh, pretty much every year for the last five years. Uh, Marvin Williams, Ken, somebody who always seems to flirt with uh, mediocrity to the yeah. point of adding him, dropping him, adding him, dropping him. Do you see anything different this year going on that would you know, make him uh, a consistent ad for the rest of the season? Well, the problem for Williams is how many rebounds he's losing to Dwight Howard this year versus past years in Charlotte. So uh, that's the bummer. I got him really cheap in our keeper league, uh, but I may not. Uh, yeah, I'm trying. To, I'm desperately trying to trade him to anyone. Uh, I just don't think the rebounds are ever going to be be there for him this year. So the one nice thing that he has going for him is he's hit a three-pointer in every single game except one this year is averaging 1.4. Pretty good for somebody that's you generally power forward eligible. Anything you'd like to say about Marvin before we move on, Shannon? <laughs> yeah, I mean, Marvin was a top 70 fantasy player last year. He was really good, but he's just not getting as many minutes this year, and that's going to continue. Yeah, he was playing over 30 minutes per game. He's, he's dropped down to 25 this season. Giving their roster construction, you've got Jeremy Lamb's going to get minutes moving forward. He's going to play the three. You have, uh, what? what's his name? Kid Gilgrist is yep. healthy this year, or, or getting there at least. So he's going to play. They just have too many other pieces. Uh, you know, Monk, Monk plays primarily the two. The, the coach has come out and said Monk's not a point guard. or Sorry, that Monk is a point guard. So, but that moves everyone else up. So right. you have you have Batum playing the three. They still want or, Frank the Tank. They want Frank yeah, the Tank getting the minutes. Tank. They have too many guys who need to get minutes. Cody Zeller. So I just don't see Marvin Williams bouncing back and, and returning to last year's value. Um, a couple, I want to name a few guys and get your guys' thoughts who are under 25% owned in Yahoo. Um, so I'm just going to list the four names and you guys jump in. Frankie Smokes. Pass. Steals. Rookie. 
<laughs> steals if you're desperate. Okay, steals he's if you need them. But if you needed three points, you pick up Nick Young. So that's I think he's a similar yeah. situation. Why to would see. you? No, you're not going to pick up Nick Young in his 13 <laughs> minutes per game. That makes zero sense. <laughs> you, it, but he shoots, he's so efficient from the three that he averages over a three point three pointer per game. Yes, and six points per game, and nothing else. He's absolutely worthless in fantasy. You can find there's a hundred and fifty guys who average 1.5 three pointers per game. You do not I need. Think- Nick I think Young. DJ. You can I think DJ Gordon secretly Lee wants instead. to hang out with Nick Young. I think DJ likes all the social media Nick stuff Young coming out. Should not out of Nick be Young. owned in 18-team leagues. There's just no. There's no place for him in fantasy basketball this season. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, DJ. No, Nick Young. Just, I'm cutting this clip out for future reference. All right, <laughs> Frankie Smokes. Frankie Smokes <laughs> is going to be the starting point guard on the Knicks within the next 10 to 15 games. He's under 25 percent owned. He is going to be close to the league leader. In steals, his shooting percentage is going to be awful, but he will help in steals and assists and decent rebounding for point guards. I w- I would pick him up. I would pick him up. Uh, Jamichael Green just returned from injury. Sure, starting yep. for the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, he's he's of the same ilk of Marvin Williams for me, right? Similar type of player. Does he get enough minutes? It's if always he, tough. If you had to pick one, which would he actually be does not get the threes between, though. I'd pick Williams. Marvin Williams yeah. over Jamichael. I don't Green. think. He gets any threes, does he? No, he does. He does. He shoots threes, and he's going to shoot even more threes this year than he ever has in his career. Well, uh, be, but because I, Ty, Tyreek Evans has played really well, and Chandler Parsons, I think, is the biggest reason why I'd err towards Marvin Williams because Chandler Parsons essentially will hopefully play uh, the same thing, same role that Green plays if Chandler Parsons continues to get healthy, stretch four, shoots threes. So uh, I'm okay. a little worried for for those who have vested stock in Green right now. I'm not Green high. T- I think it's a toss up. Green improved to point seven threes made uh, a year last year. Yeah, from point he'll, two. Take, he'll take more threes. He's going to be taking more this year. I I think it's a toss up. I actually think Green has more upside, so I might take the chance on him. And then another guy who was recently named a starter but remains under twenty five percent owned on Yahoo, Tyler Ulis. Hmm. That's an interesting one. Again, Phoenix just has nothing to play for. We saw Ulysses have some pretty good DFS value near the end of last year during that stretch where they basically sent Eric Bledsoe home. Ulysses um, had, you know, his highlight of last year was hitting a game winner. I just, on a team that has pretty much written off the last two seasons, I feel like he should have got more playing time last year and even the beginning of this year. Um, I the steals are right there, right? So if you're yeah. looking at his steals the last few games, he's just as enticing as Frankie Smokes. Um, points are not there. Rebounds are you know average for a point guard. Assists, you know what is it? Three point five, maybe right at four. So um, no three pointers. Two three pointers in total this year. Yeah. For a guard eligible player, it just doesn't really work out for me. So I'm keeping my eye on him in the deepest of <laughs> league, Shannon. But I'm I'm not biting right now. And what's funny? Uh, not hitting threes. And has a terrible field goal percentage. <laughs> like, right. Thir- not even 34%. <laughs> right. You, right. You'd think you'd be hoisting and missing a bunch of threes. No, he's, he's missing mid-range jumpers. I, I believe Daryl Morey has an opinion on that. Yeah. And, and <laughs> nobody knew who Mike James was coming into this year. And immediately, you know, Phoenix just decides that he's deserving of a starting spot over Tyler Eulis, which, again, is, is damning for Eulis, that they, they obviously aren't high on him enough to 
throw him out there for 30 minutes when the franchise is completely in a position to do that. So um, it's a little, a little bit tough. There's only one name that I want to touch on before we move on here, guys, and that's Salah Mesri. He's been starting um, in Dallas, believe it or not. Um, a little, you know, there's just a weird situation going on in Dallas where Coach Rick Carlisle has really just fallen out of favor with Nerlens Noel. Um, he's come out publicly and said that Salah Mesri has earned the playing time. Right. Over. The earned the earned word's been thrown around a yeah. few times. And that's pretty rough. I mean, that's about as harsh as you're ever going to hear. Um, and Noel's supposed to be playing for the big contract, right? He took the right. one-year deal. Yeah, he bet on himself. Didn't yeah. take the take the four years like seventy million or something like it was. And uh, Rick Carlisle is you know that that's as you know that's as harsh as you're ever going to see from a coach make a public statement is mm. that another player who's really not that good is earning minutes. Now back to Mesri though, he is a block artist. He's very good at getting blocks, and in a league where um, you know that's hard to find, he's averaging one point seven blocks per game, and most importantly, over his last let's just say six games. He's averaging 2.2 blocks per game. So is he somebody that you're going to be interested in at all, Shannon? Because I know he's not playing that much, even though he's starting. If you're a track, if you're if you're in the need of blocks, go get John Henson. Mm, Don't okay. get Mesri. Yeah. Me, if yeah. Mesri were playing 25 minutes per game, yes, I would go with him. The, the games where he has eclipsed 20 minutes, he's put up really good stat lines. Those are the games where he has five blocks. He has close to a double double. So. If, if, if he's playing more minutes, then yeah, I think he's an option. But right now, he's usually hovering around 10 or 10 to 12 minutes. I'm, I'm just not buying it. There's not enough production he's, outside. He's of one of those watch. starters and names only, you know, the guy that comes out. Like every now and then when OKC starts Collison. Right. Zaza. Zaza. Yeah, Zaza. You know, like, oh, yeah, he's the starter. But then, you know, once he sits, he's done. He just goes to the end of the bench, gets the sweats on. Ken, that sounded like a good precursor, like you're warming up for your crazy old man rant. So why don't you get into it? Yeah. Uh, so I traveled to Chicago past weekend and was really appalled by something. Numerous passengers on my four flights, so different people wearing pajamas on a flight, flights that were all in the middle of the day. <laughs> what is wrong with America? When did jeans become so hard? What? Who? Why do people think it's acceptable to dress like a retired grandma hanging out on her back porch getting a smoke? What? Why? And then the pajamas have no pockets, so they're all wearing fanny packs. These are people like mid twenties, pajama pants and fanny packs. Do you own a mirror? Are you a, an actual adult? How did you afford this plane ticket? You think that's acceptable? It is not. I Good like day. it. I'm so so into this, Ken. I am right there with you. Counterpoint. Jeans. When are jeans? You know, there's a company here in Vermont, Vermont Teddy Bear. They actually sell pajama jeans. Their je- their pajamas yeah. meant to look like some. jeans. Sh- Shannon's been shaking his head through this whole rant. I think he's the oh. perpetrator of this pajama at does the airport. Does he own a fanny phenomenon. pack? Is he, is he wearing a fanny pack right now? I will never wear a fanny pack. He's got a natural but, fanny pack going on. That's true. But <laughs> have you ever worn pajamas, Ken? Sure. <laughs> Yeah, inside In bed, my house. Where they supposed to occur? Yeah, they're so comfortable, <laughs> and it depends on. I mean, my pajamas, my pajamas usually consist of a a nice pair of sweatpants and a t shirt. Right, I will rock that on a plane. I'm not gonna wear a flannel like 
a whole flannel pajama get up matching two piece. I'm not going to do that on a plane, but will I rock some nice fitting, uh, Taylor or what, what do you call those, uh, those no sweatpants, those, those awesome sweatpants that the cool kids wear. I'll rock those. I don't own a pair of sweatpants hoodie. or pajamas. <laughs> How do you not own sweat? I wear sweatpants every I day. So, Snake, you know that. That's clearly a stat. Yeah, jeans are not hard. Jeans, jeans look jeans good. They look hard. put together. Here's the thing, Ken. We stepped into the hornet's nest here because I know that the McEwen family like loves pajamas. Kyle, Shannon's brother Kyle at basketball wears pajama pants and plays basketball in pajama pants. So we're dealing with the wrong family right now, but I'm so totally on your side. I don't own pajamas. Thanks. I don't own How do you not own I don't sweatpants. own sweatpants? How is that possible? All right, I'm not saying it's okay. I wear jeans every day. But guess what's way more comfortable than jeans? Sweatpants. It's not what even what close. What is so hard about jeans? There's I mean Depending on if you have my wash schedule, they're stiff. <laughs> stiff. What are you Gross. spilling on your jeans? Yeah. And no, sweatpants are, far, are just way more comfortable. Yes. Nice and, and breezy mm. and, and just comfy. You, you need a, you know, I had the soul sucking career jobs where I had to wear a suit and tie every day. So jeans feel fantastic to me. Yeah, that's true. I'm All right. Uh, that's I'm I'm editing that and saving that forever. Whenever I'm having a bad day, I'm gonna pull up that conversation. I'm sure that'll find its way into many of our conversations over the season. Is anyone still listening to this pod? Is anyone still listening to the pod? Hello, <laughs> hello, anyone? Well, if they are, they're probably listening and braving through that terrible discussion um, <laughs> for our Friday FanDuel pick. So let's get hey! into Ken. It looks like here you have somebody who has been a fixture, a fixture of my lineup, my DFS lineups ever since Rudy Gobert has been out. Uh, yeah, Derek Favors. He's still only 6,500 in a fast-paced game against Brooklyn, who does not necessarily have a legit big man that can guard him, uh, unless you consider Timothy Mozgov, who they've uh, you know sent to the pine for Trevor Booker to start. Really like Favors' chances tonight, especially only at 6,500. That's where I started my lineup building for the Friday Night Slate. I put in Favors. First, first name I entered... He went off against Brooklyn uh, last week. He had 46 fantasy points. That was the first game Gobert sat. Favor- Favors is just, he's going to see a much larger role while Gobert's out. Yep. He's, if he, as long as he stays in the $6,500 range, he, he's pretty much a must-start or at least a, a must-consider option. Most definitely. I will go, go ahead and pass along my one player that I think I'm going to have in a good chunk of my lineups tonight. Now, I'm not proclaiming he's going to go out there and get you 40, 50 fantasy points by any means. Um, but I think in terms of value, and we've got a good one here in Cinderius Thornwell. And ding, 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 that is the first time Cinderius Thornwell has ever been mentioned, yes. I believe, on a Rotowire podcast. So kudos to him. He will be starting tonight in Cleveland. It's risky for sure, but Cleveland is in the bottom third in the league for fantasy points allowed to point guards, and and it's not even because they're not at full strength. Over the last few years, they've always been one of the worst teams in the league in terms of giving up fantasy points to point guards. So again, at $3,800 on FanDuel, I'm not expecting much, but I think it allows for a lot of flexibility elsewhere in your lineup if you rock Cinderius Thornwell in one of your two point guard spots. You're, you have always liked the name Sundarius as well. I think your first kid you're going to call Sundarius. Is that right? Yeah, I'm just going to keep it short, though, and just call him Sundari. Or just Sin. <laughs> yeah. Sin. Just Sin. <laughs> One of the better names in basketball, for sure. I'm, I'm good passing on Sundarius Thornwell's 18 fantasy points. Someone else can scoop him up. 
Um, one guy we like, or Ken likes, I believe, is, is Lou Williams. Um, yeah. He's really been shouldering the load with Beverly and Teodoshik out. So, yeah. I, Ken, Ken, why do you want to go with Williams? You just think he's going to have another big night? Uh, yeah, and Beverly, Beverly out just means even more minutes. And Cleveland, but surprisingly enough, has given up the most fantasy points to shooting guards so far this season. Yeah, Thornwell's to me. Thornwell is just one of those starter starters in name right now, and really, it's Lou Williams who's been reaping the benefits. I mean, he has he's coming off a sixty-one fantasy point outing. Uh, I expect another big night today. My only issue with Lou Williams is instead of the five thousand fifty-five hundred that he's been costing the past couple yeah, of weeks, he's getting expensive. He's now seventy-seven hundred, and I love the matchup. But he's Lou Williams, and there's risk, and he runs hot, runs cold. I don't know if I can stomach 7,700 for him, but he's definitely an option. The, yeah, again, Sindarius Thornwell, very risky play tonight. The one thing I'm leaning on is not his fantasy output so far this season, but the fact that he's played 30 and 31 minutes over his last two games. So you're right, uh, starter in name, but he's still on the court, and one of these games, he, he's bound to see... 25 to 30 fantasy points if he's on the court for 30 minutes it's gonna happen at some point so again it's, it's not the hill i want to die on but your lineup just is a lot you know it's it's a lot more easily constructed when you start at a player that's only 3800 dollars. yeah a, cu- a couple guys i like and some and specifically the matchups i'm targeting we've already you know we've already talked about utah brooklyn a little bit uh ricky rubio is actually questionable for that game so that means i'm leaning heavy on donovan mitchell uh, Mitchell's basically going to be running the show for 35 plus minutes if Rubio sits. He's you know he's already become that team's primary scorer. He takes the most amount of shots on that team, and, and he's going to be the primary primary facilitator if Rubio sits. So I love Donovan Mitchell at 6400 against Brooklyn, and and another matchup to watch out for is Phoenix LA, which I feel like we've already talked about them. They've already played twice this Man. season. And we've seen some big games. So any anyone, you know, even even Lonzo Ball and his struggles, like anyone, I'm I would consider anyone from that matchup. Um, but he seventy four hundred dollars. Like his price has not come down. Generally, with players as inconsistent as Lonzo, um, you know, it, it should be high six thousands. But seventy four hundred dollars is tough. A, it's about the ceiling that he's able to hit. So he has that sixty seven point outing, and he had another fifty five point outing. So which was against Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you are able to hit sixty or fifty or sixty points, even if it's only once every two weeks. Uh, your price isn't going to come down too much because it's. I really do believe it that if you pay attention to FanDuel's salary cap, it heavily leans on that ceiling that a player can hit. All right, any last players from? I, I have a question Shannon? for Shannon. Oh. Uh, where are you leaning for center? Help me. Help. I need some help at center. I, I I put in like five different guys. Cannot make up my mind. I, I'm not going to lie. Center's been a tough one for me uh, when picking the Friday lineup. I'm thinking about going cheaper. Uh, just because I want to spend more other areas. If you go cheaper and look at five to six thousand dollars, maybe a little bit lower. You have Gortat at forty eight hundred. You have Brick Lopez at fifty eight hundred. Uh, we have a player we talked about earlier today, Greg Monroe. Who this is probably who I'm going with, mm-hmm. depending on what happens and news that comes out for for Tyson Chandler. Greg Monroe is only thirty seven hundred. 
you know, he's had he had a 44 point outing last night. So I like him at that price and 40 point upside. It's hard to pass up. So I'll probably go with Monroe. Yeah, I like that one as well, Shannon. Uh, one one last guy, uh, Kemba Walker going against Chicago. Uh, Chicago's the worst team in the league against opposing point guards. So I love Kemba Walker tonight. His his price went up a little bit after being discounted for much of the past week. He's at eight thousand, uh, but I think he's off. He's got back to back forty point outings, and, and I expect him to have a good night as well tonight. All right, mispronounced names. This this segment is entitled K Train's mispronounced names. But guess what? K Train didn't mispronounce any names, but Shannon did. Shannon mispronounced a name. He went with Jason Collins instead of his actual name, which is John Collins. But that's a tough one. Well, I, I usually just call him JJ. Oh, there you go. All right, for future <laughs> reference, JJ. Thanks so much for joining us on this fantasy basketball podcast presented by FanDuel. Ken, if you wouldn't mind, why don't you get us out of here? Yeah, we're going to go back to the well of Charles Barkley once more for our out quote, where he said about uh, Nick's veteran, Anthony Mason, quote, I don't mess with that cat. I'm pretty sure he carries a blade under his jersey. Attention, passengers. This three-car fantasy train has hit the end of the line. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.